Welcome to Frontline Nursing, a podcast about frontline nurses in the COVID-19 era. Each month, we provide the tools nurses need to navigate the challenges they face during a pandemic. We will cover the state of the science, self-care, and other critical topics. My name is Dr. Reina Latorno, and I am your host. I'd like to kick off season two of Frontline Nursing by thanking you for listening. There are almost a million podcasts that you can listen to, many related to nursing, and many that provide expert advice, support, and tips from fellow colleagues. The Frontline Nursing Podcast delivers episodes which provide nurses with the tools needed to navigate the challenges they face while working in the United States healthcare system. In this episode of Frontline Nursing, I'd like to provide you with another resource and opportunity to listen to even more discussions with nurses and experts from across the world. I am really excited to tell you about a new nursing podcast titled Trailblazing Nursing. Trailblazing Nursing is a sister podcast of Frontline Nursing, sponsored by the University of South Florida College of Nursing and hosted by my dean, Dr. Usha Menon. Each month, Usha will bring you a 15-minute discussion on current topics in nursing. Here's a clip. Welcome to Trailblazing Nursing, a podcast sponsored by the University of South Florida College of Nursing. I'm Usha Menon, Dean of the College of Nursing and Senior Associate Vice President at USF Health. Every month, we'll bring you a 15-minute discussion on current topics in nursing, talking with your colleagues and experts from across the world. Heather, welcome to the 2022 season one of the Trailblazing Nursing podcast from the University of South Florida College of Nursing. It's such an honor to be here with you, Lucia. Thank you for the invitation and for your commitment to advancing these important discussions. We're very excited to have you. Um, Heather, you've mentored nurse leaders at various stages in their career for several years, both formally as director of the Betty Irene Moore Fellowship for Nurse Leaders and Innovators Program, which is nationally recognized, and informally as senior faculty and dean. What does the future hold for nursing leadership, given the current workforce crisis we are experiencing in nursing? What should we be watching for and preparing for? What a great question. I think nursing leadership has never been more important across all settings from academic to practice to policy. We need diverse leaders with diverse backgrounds and perspectives who can advance health and equity across all of our communities and who can really inspire the next generation of nurses to do the same. I think the COVID-19 pandemic and the awareness of structural racism that was precipitated by the murder of Mr. Floyd and others have highlighted the importance of nursing and healthcare delivery. And we really are presented now, I think, with some new and important research questions. So leadership at all levels, I think we have to prepare all members of our profession to lead from where they are. I think of leadership as being important, whether you're in a formal role as a leader or not, and the public looks to us for insights, guidance, and support, and looks to us as leaders. 
Thank you. You know, you touched on something very important, and that is, of course, the diversity of the nursing workforce and whether that's at the bedside or across academia. And we know that we, we have a long way to go in terms of, um, you know, making sure that our workforce is, is, is appropriately diverse. Um, it seems, though, today that diversity or not, nurses seem to be less interested in these academic roles where we have a significant nursing faculty shortage. How do we inspire? nurses to become interested in academia and leadership? You know, I always think as a leader, whatever we do starts with self-reflection. And those of us who are in academic nursing need to do a, a lot of critical thinking about the rewards and the costs of a career in academic nursing. And we have to open our conceptions of what it takes to be successful in the setting. Um, we need strong researchers, educators, practitioners, and administrators that are all able to work together. And we need a culture that celebrates these diverse contributions and nurtures the career and trajectory of all faculty. And so we need to look inward to make sure that the academic settings are attractive and that we are good role models to students and to others about expressing what the benefits are of our roles and celebrating the opportunity we have to generate new knowledge and prepare the next generation. I think we have to be realistic about the challenges. There are important challenges. There's a salary differential between academic and clinical careers. There's time demands and responsibilities that are important. And there's a priority management issue. You know, and, and I think in academic settings, we juggle the important immediate issues, such as responding to students, with the important long-term efforts, such as writing a grant or a publication. And so helping people who are in that setting, faculty to be more effective at, at time and priority management is really important. And I think mentorship is vital, you know, supporting new faculty to adjust to the role and to thrive, because it is a different kind of a role. And you have to be very self-directed and the expectations are, are really different than a practice setting. However, the rewards are enormous when we have an opportunity to shape the future and to contribute in both knowledge generation and also in developing the next generation of nurses. Thank you. Um, what I was really hearing there is, is that we have to be intentional about some of the advancement opportunities for um, nurses in academia and also to be intentional about mentoring. I think too often we think about mentoring as an informal event that happens as people create support groups and communities, but, but I'm hearing from you that perhaps we need to really think about being very intentional and, and really being able to cater to the needs of those individuals, meeting them where they are instead of assuming that everybody is going to come to us and tell us this is what I need for promotion to be, you know, associate professor or to be full professor. Um, are there programs like this that are good um, examples for us to be looking out through schools of nursing? You know, I think where where the where faculty are really looking at their collective responsibility, where they're thinking about their, their who they are as a community, a community of scholars, a community that's inclusive and committed to their development as as a community as well as to their individual development. I think that's where it's successful. It takes leadership, it takes commitment. it It also takes a, a willingness to be a good citizen of the school. Where we're looking out for we're looking out for our organizations and their viability at the same time as we're trying to advance our own careers. And that, that's a balancing act that's really important 
And I think we're often, we often put our nose to the grindstone to try to get ahead in the ways that we need to, to succeed in academic settings. But ultimately we'll only all succeed when all succeed. We have to float all boats and contribute to that collective success at the same time. And I think there are places where there's more of an awareness than others. And, and, and it's really important that um, we, we learn from each other about how to do that and to really promote our, promote our profession, promote ourselves, promote, promote the entire collective. Thank you. What are some of the lessons that you've learned from having served as a mentor and led mentoring programs? Are there takeaways that we could give our listeners if they want to implement their own programs? Well, I think mentorship has many faces. There's there's the kind of mentorship where you have one conversation that changes your life. And I, I've had a couple of those in my life where my mentorship has been as long as an hour and it's been life-changing to have that advice from a person with a certain type of wisdom and perspective that I didn't expect. And then there's mentorship that's more formal and over time and it evolves as a person changes and their roles change. And that's sort of on the other end of the extreme where you have a, a lifelong mentor, someone who's with you on your path and your journey for a very long time. And then in between, there's very focused mentorship around specific things. So if someone's writing a grant, for example, there might be senior faculty mentoring them in the research process. New, new educators might have peer, uh, more, more senior faculty helping them, mentoring them with their skill development. So I think with all of that array of possibilities of mentors, it's very important to define what it is that, what is the relationship? Why are you in this relationship? What's the purpose of the relationship? Is it short-term, long-term? And if it is a relationship that's gonna take place over time versus a consult, then what are the expectations from both the mentor and the mentee for how they'll work together, how they'll communicate well, how will they deal with it when things go awry? Because relationships do go awry at times. And so having some intentionality again around it, around the mentorship, I think is important. A little bit of structure and the ability to communicate before you run into problems, how you will resolve those problems. I think that's really an important element of it. But it takes a commitment and, it, and on the part of both the mentor and the mentee to the relationship. I think mentees um, have to make some commitments around their willingness to hear the advice and their accountability around what they do when they're given advice and if they disagree with the advice, how they handle that and manage the relationship. Um, mentors need to be accountable to, to really um, thinking and respecting what the mentee is after and what their goals are and helping them to, to really um, flourish in the way that they would like to flourish and not impose their views too strongly on the mentee. So it's a, it's a two-way street, and I think there has to be a lot of conversation around that. Absolutely. So I'm really hearing accountability, commitment, intentionality, and having really robust guidelines around how these relationships um, are defined and how they would progress and how they're going to benefit in almost a bi-directional way, both the mentor and the mentee. Um, mm -hmm. as, as Senior administrators in nursing, and I have one last question for you. Um, we, we're facing many challenges, the nursing shortage, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, the nursing faculty shortage, uh, and that's not just deans, but you know, um, uh, associate deans who might be in administrative and academic affairs. Um, what advice do you have for all of us as we try to move forward in what we 
pray and hope is going to be a post-pandemic world pretty soon. Well, I think the last couple of years have shown us that uncertainty and the pace of change are just accelerating. And I, I don't think it'll end with the pandemic. I think we're in a time in our society where things are shifting and changing, and that'll continue. So some advice is to, to accept that uncertainty and, and fast change are part of our, our world. And so developing the skills, the flexibility, and the self-care to be able to manage through through that uncertainty and that pace of change, I think is really an important part. Um, and to help our students and to help our, our peers and colleagues to be able to get through these difficult challenges. I think another part that's always really important is to listen well. We, we always have to be listening to who our stakeholders are. What do the communities need around us? What are our students needing? They're changing our, the profile of who's in nursing school today is, is evolving. And I think we've got to be very, very conscious of the changing expectations and characteristics of our customers, our stakeholders, if you will, and and um, and to really be reflective about that, so that what we do it moves with the times, moves with the needs of our communities, the populations we serve, and also our students and our colleagues. I think another part is to be creative about um, how we engage senior faculty who are close to retirement, because one of the problems is we have the baby boomers retiring and we're, we're very worried about what's going to happen with both in practice and in academia but you know the the old the traditional model of people going away on the retirement day and not not being involved anymore may need to change maybe we've got to consider how to retain the brain trust and the mentorship that's possible with senior people and engage them in different ways than they have been in the in the full way that they've been engaged throughout their careers also looking at our work, our redesign of our work and our organizations, we've got to be more effective and efficient. And clearly financially, that's been driven from that perspective, but also from the point of view of just the shortage of people. So I think we've got to really look at our processes, streamlining what we do, try to work more collaboratively, whatever we can, share resources across schools. I think, for example, it's crazy that in each school, we come up with some of the basic foundational courses, put a lot of energy into doing that, and we don't leverage across our schools or share our resources and being able to teach and educate. So I think um, we can think more creatively about consortium models, about collaborative resources across schools. And then I think we've also got to really be critical about what's most important and reduce the burden of the non-essential. We can't do it all. And oftentimes we keep doing things because it's our practice, it's our legacy, it's how we think we, we need to be. But it's time to sit back and, and reflect, is it really that important? Is that what's important? Um, and what is important? And put our energies around that. I think leadership comes in as the vision around having the permission to do that reflection and the support to be able to go forward with changing structures and processes. Some excellent and provocative challenges, I think, that, that certainly nurse leaders can, can take home great food for thought. I'm so excited to share the podcast space with strong, trailblazing expert nurses such as Dr. Usha Menon. I thank her for hosting Trailblazing Nursing, and I thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Frontline Nursing. This podcast is made possible thanks to generous funding by Florida philanthropists, Mr. David Kotak and Ms. Christine Slesinger.
If you liked this episode, please check out our educational series, Frontline Nursing During COVID-19, A New Paradigm, presented by the University of South Florida College of Nursing. The Frontline Nursing Program is designed to give frontline nurses the tools they need to advocate for their safety and well-being during the COVID-19 pandemic. Nurses may receive four CEUs at no cost, thanks to funding from our generous donors. For more information, email us at frontlinenursing at usf.edu. This is the podcast that frontline nurses need.